Well, as we begin this evening, we want to look at first some key misunderstandings concerning giving. There's so many that are out there, but there are a few key ones that we're going to highlight. And so some misconceptions concerning giving. Number one is tithing. Tithing. How many of you have been taught in church that you are to tithe? Okay, pretty much everybody has been taught that throughout the years, and we're going to see what the Bible has to say that, um, because you know it's it's not ultimately it's not a a biblical thing, especially for our time, our day and age. But um, a tithe in and of itself is is not either. And then number two is pledges. You know, many churches, um, they go to the congregation and they say, man, we're going to make our budget for next year. And so what we want you to do is to make a pledge as to how much money that you're going to give. And then we will we'll set our budget off of there. But, um, you know, the truth is so many times people fall on hard times and then they're not able to live up to what it is that, that they set. And God takes it seriously, you know, whenever we make an oath and, or a pledge or whatever, you know, that we've got to, got to keep that. Or, you know, you may get in a biblical finance class and then you say, man, I was just going to give this little amount, but now I just want to give tons and tons more. And then, you know, we have to come to you and say, you have to slow that down. You're, you're blowing us over our budget. No, we'd never do that. <laughs> um, number three is you owe God. You know, he gives you so much, and so you owe God. And so you need to give back because of all that God has given to you. If not, then what are you doing? You're robbing God. And they quote Malachi chapter 3, verse 8. Number four is money is evil. Money is evil. You shouldn't talk about money because it's not spiritual. Money's the root of all evil. And we'll talk about that here in just a little bit as well. Number five is people need to be told what to give. You know, that's why you tell people that they need to, to give a tenth. That's why you're supposed to tithe. The Bible shows tithing, you've got to give a tenth. And if you don't tell people what, they're, what they should give, then they won't give or they won't give enough. So four and five, again, what were the words? Four was money is evil. Money is evil. And number five is people need to be told. Number six is you give to get. The whole reason why I give is so that I can get stuff in return. I give to God and He's going to give back to me. He's going to bless me. And so we'll look at all of these as we go through our study and we'll see these are not truths from the Bible, but they are actually misconceptions. So let's begin by thinking some responses. Um, dealing with number one is again tithing and no place in the scripture does God require one tenth either in the Old Testament or the New Testament we'll talk more about it as we go through there but there's no place that he says you just give one tenth and um, we'll we'll see the details number two is pledges and like I said earlier you know there's no place in the Bible that you'll find that we are to pledge an amount to figure out what um, what to set a budget at or or anything like that and then again you know God takes it seriously whenever you make a vow and so we don't want to make a vow that we can't keep 
And so um, we shouldn't ask people and, and put people in a position to make a vow or to make a pledge um, that they may or may not be able to keep. Number three is that we owe God, and it talks about, you know, tithes and offerings, um, Old Testament giving, Malachi 3.8 says, Will a man rob God, yet you are robbing me? But you say, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offering. We don't owe God a part. We owe Him everything. I mean, everything that we have comes from Him. And so we are to use wisely all that He has given to us. We don't owe God just a portion. And so this is His portion and then the rest of it's mine. We'll talk more about that as we go through as well. Um, but everything that we have comes from Him and we need to use it all for His honor and His glory. So we don't owe God. We shouldn't give um, just as, as a way to pay Him back. And number four is money is evil. And it's not that money is evil, it's the love of money. 1 Timothy 6.10, it's not the money in and of itself, it's the attitude with which we, we handle our money. And so we need to handle it in the right way. We need to handle it for the honor and the glory of God. We do things uh, to honor Him, to help those that are around us. And... Um, you know, so it's all dealing with the attitude. He who is faithful in a little will be faithful in much. Luke, Luke sixteen ten. Um, G. Campbell Morgan says this: the love of money hoards and holds. It is indeed the root of all evil. It dries up the compassion of the soul. And so that's the way many people are. You know, they do anything and everything they can to get, get, get. And they want to get all the money they can. They want to get all the stuff that they can. And then they want to hoard it. They want to keep it to themselves. And it dries up the soul. Whenever you give to people, I mean, there's joy in giving. And you feel good whenever you do things for other people. Whenever you give to God or um, to other people. One of the things that that um, I used to do quite a bit, I actually even had like a budget line, um, where we would have money and, you know, we would each month um, try to bless a family or something like that whenever we were going out to eat and you'd see a family maybe with some kids and they look like they're, you know, don't have a whole lot and they're out and having a nice meal or something as a family and just pick up their their tab for their food or going through a drive-through line and you say you know I want to pay for the car that's behind me and um, you know a lot of times those things um, go through um, went to Aspen um, a few weeks ago and um, I just gave the lady at the counter a hundred dollar bill and I said you know pay for the next uh, $80 worth of people that come through and then keep $20 for for you guys back there as a tip. And so, um, you know, and it, it just feels good. And, and then, you know, you just sit over there in the corner and you just watch the faces of these people as, you know, they say, hey, your drink's already been paid for. And, uh, you know, and I mean, they're just like, wow, what do you mean it's already been paid for? And, you know, and a lot of times you see it kind of pass on down. Well, you know, here's, here's my 
that I was going to buy this, you know, coffee with and just add it to it and give it to the next person that comes along or whatever. And just seeing that. And I mean, it's just so joyous and everything. And nobody knows who did it other than the one person that you gave the money to. And so um, anyway, uh, just doing things like that. I mean, it just makes you feel good. And so it's all about the attitude. Money's not evil. Um, It's the attitude with which you use it. And um, everything that we do is for the honor and the glory of God. Number five is if you don't tell them to give an amount to give, then they won't give. But that's not true. And there's a great biblical example. And I kind of made fun of it just a second ago in Exodus 36 verses 1 through 7. Um, whenever they're, they're going to build the temple and... Uh, you know, Belazel and Oliab and um, all of these talented people. And so all of this stuff is coming in. And then what do they have to say? Stop the giving. There's too much coming in. We've got more than we need. And so they stopped. But it, it wasn't any tithing system or anything. They were just bringing offerings. And that's what it says actually in that passage that, that the offerings that they were bringing were so much they were in abundance and they had to stop um, the offerings. And so the truth is you don't have to tell people to, what to give. We don't teach tithing in this church. And let me tell you, last month we had um, over $30,000 over the budget that came in last month. And so do you have to tell people what to give in order for them to give? I don't think so. We're, we're doing excellent here as far as our budget-wise and everything and have through COVID and everything else. Um, But it's all to the honor and the glory of God that people understand what the Bible says. They understand the grace of God and um, they give, you know, as they've been given to. And so the problem is, is that people, you know, don't understand what the Bible says. And so, so many people they just put them under that tithe system. And the truth is, let me ask you this, how many of you have heard of a tithing system? And we all agreed that we'd been taught that. And so if all of us have been taught that, then probably most of the people out there in Christendom everywhere have been taught that. And what did, what did we say last week? The average giving, giving amount or percentage is of Christians. Yeah, 2.2%. It's 2.5% actually now, but 2.5%, you know. And so everybody hears the tithing system, and so many people say, yeah, that's what you got to do. And let me tell you this, you know, I'm the one that collects all the money and re- records it and everything um, at the church. I record all the all the giving and it's amazing how many people write tithe on there and uh, you know and here's their check for the month and it's like $50 and I'm like man how do you survive off of that if this is r- truly your tithe 10% of what you got how do you pay for that $50,000 car you got and that $300,000 home that you got you know, and you're tithing and you're giving $50. So, uh, you know, if you're writing that on your check and you're giving $50, then I re- I'd recommend don't, don't do that. Um, 
but truly, you know, it's it's not a tithe, and you don't have to tell people what to give. Um, and we'll see how do we give um, and the mechanics of it later on. But so you don't have to tell people; they'll continue to give if they understand biblical giving. And then number six is you give to get. You give because of what he is he has given to us. That's what we're to be doing. Um, God's blessings and his grace are not dependent on our giving to him or what we do for him. It is true that there are such things as rewards and we'll be rewarded for the things that we do here on this earth whenever we're with him all for all eternity. He blesses us in this life though out of his grace, not out of what we give to him. And so the truth is when we can give him nothing there's a lot of people in the world that give him nothing and they have a whole lot um but the so the reason or the ultimate reason to give is not to get but we'll talk about that is a result but that's not our motive and we'll talk more about that here in just a few minutes so realize there is much involved in a study of finances so may we gain an understanding of how to use what god has given to us so that we'll be wise stewards, so that we may know the biblical truths concerning finances, so that we can be in control of the use of the temporary things that God has given to us here in this world. You know, the problem with many believers, they just don't understand the, the privilege it is to give and the joy in giving because they never do it. Just like I said at the beginning, you know, so many people stop at nothing and they give nothing at all. And so that you don't get the joy um, of seeing the return and seeing how God blesses us whenever um, we do give in the way that the biblical giving is given. So whenever we think about finances, we're talking, you know, about not about just getting your money. Well, we're the church. So we're going to teach on biblical giving so that you can give to us. That's not what we're here about. We're dealing with the wise use of what God has given us, and that's what this study is all about. It's very important because the Word of God has a great deal to say about this area. We talked about it last week, that over a quarter of the Bible deals with possessions, with material uh, material possessions, with money, and uh, the use and the attitude of it. So our goal, as it says there in your book, is to understand the biblical truths dealing with finances, including the use and the attitude of material things, and then wisely use that all has given to us, of all that God has given to us. So let's begin with a brief review. And we talked about last week, why study finances? And we said number one is many people ask, you know, they ask about, you know, biblical use of of your finances and it is important and uh, people want to know then number two is many premarital counseling never deals with it and so people get into marriage and they um, have no concept or thought about you know how much each person owes and how are we going to set up a budget and how are we going to live we're going to live on your income my income both of our incomes how are we going to do that and so it's important for that aspect um, to know the whole counsel of god and like we just said just a second ago i mean quarter of the of the new testament deals with it jesus only spoke of love more than he spoke of dealing with these matters 
Um, number four was show spiritual maturity, shows where we are um, in our lives. Number five is to come, combat the influence of all of our fallen society. You know, the society that we live in is, you know, you need this, you need this, you need this, but we don't need everything. Um, and so we have to combat the influence of our fallen society. And then number six is it affects all other areas of our lives, our relationships, our recreation, our ministry, our future, um, how we handle our possessions, our time, our money. Um, all of these things are, are related. And so then next we looked at stewardship. And what is stewardship? We talked about that, but what is stewardship? How you use your resources. Exactly. How you use your resources. And it's all of your resources, not just your finances, but your gifts, talents, abilities, time, everything that God has given to us. You know, our, our children that He's given to us. Are, are we training them up in the ways of the Lord so that they can glorify Him and use, uh, be used for His honor and glory? So that's what we're to do. We're to use everything for His honor in glory because the truth is one day we're all going to stand before him and we're going to stand there and we want to hear him say well done good and faithful servant so now as we begin this evening we saw some of these misconceptions we realize that we are responsible to use wisely all that God has given to us and we are to know and understand the scriptures so that we can do what God expects Whenever we deal with uh, giving, it is often perceived in a negative manner because it is so personal and, you know, we don't want everybody to know and, and to, to worry about what it is that we give. And uh, JB gives an illustration of whenever he went on a uh, mission trip to Mexico, you know, they had a deal on the wall um, up there at the front of the church and it had a list of everybody in the church and how much they gave and everything and so um you know that kind of gives you a little more motivation to to step that step that giving up you know but um anyway um it is personal and and everything and it and it is private but our goal is to show the truths of god's word concerning giving and then take these key truths because it's not about the amount that anybody gives. It's about the attitude um, with which we give it. So, how do you view material things? How do you use things? So many times when people talk about giving, they divide the study into two big sections and they talk about Old Testament giving and New Testament giving. But there's ultimately two kinds of giving that are found in the Bible and it's not just Old Testament and New Testament. The two kinds are, number one, is required giving, and this has to do with tithes, plural, not a tithe, but tithes, plural. And then number two is free will giving. Free will giving. It's grace. It's offerings. And so as we think about these two kinds of giving, we realize that in the Bible we find giving is broken down into three big sections. And so number one, I gotta make sure, see where we are here. Okay, yeah. Two kinds of giving, three big sections. So number or 
not number one, there's no number there, but um, is before the law, before the law, and that is from Adam to Moses. And we see there that they're free will offerings. So before the law, all we had was free will offerings. And then under the law, that's from Moses to Christ. We see both free will and required giving. Free will and required giving. And then finally, after the law, we see that again, it goes back to just free will offerings. Goes back to free will offerings. So understand that required giving, the tithe system was only during the law period. We'll see why here in just a few minutes. But let's begin by thinking about before the law. Before the law, there was free will offerings. Man gave as he responded to God and out of his grace. And so it was an act of worship. And it's a response to God in all that he has done. So turn to Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4. And let's look at Genesis chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. And we see Cain and Abel and uh, what it is that they're doing there at that point in time. Somebody want to read Genesis chapter 4, verses 3 and 4? So it came about in the course of time that Cain brought an offering to the Lord of the fruit of the ground. Abel on his part also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and for his offering, but for Cain and for his offering he had no regard. Okay, so we see there that what are they bringing? Not bringing tithes, they're bringing offerings. Okay, moving forward just a little bit further in Genesis chapter 8, verses 19 and 20. Genesis 8, 19 and 20. Noah been on the ark. He comes off of the ark, and what does he do? Somebody want to read that? Genesis 8, 19 and 20. All the animals and all the creatures that move along the ground and all the birds, everything that moves on the earth, came out of the ark one kind after another. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and taking some of all the clean animals and clean birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings on it. Okay, so again, we see that he's giving an offering. Why is he giving an offering? It's thanks to God that... He provided for him a way out. That he provided salvation through the ark um, for him and his family. And so he provides an offering. And then in Genesis chapter 12, verse 7, Abraham. Genesis chapter 12, verse 7. Somebody want to read it? And the Lord appeared unto Abraham. And, and, and said, Unto the seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared upon, unto him. Okay, and so again, God's promise has been made to Abraham. And so in response to the promise that was made to Abraham, what does he do? He builds an altar 
and gives an offering to God. So three different instances. There's only two places that it even talks about a tenth or a tithe or anything dealing with that um, before the law. And that's in Genesis chapter 14 where Abraham comes back after he's been at war and Melchizedek comes and blesses him and then Abraham gives him a tenth. It's not He's not giving it to God. He's not giving it out of the law or out of a reason, but he just offers to give him a tenth and it's not a tenth of all that he has, but it's a tenth of the spoils that he had received um, through, from being at war. And then Jacob, you know, he's making a deal with with God um, in Genesis chapter 28, you know, where he's like, you know, God, you bring me through this, you get me back safely, and then, you know, I'll give a tenth to you. And uh, it makes me think of, you know, that story of the guy that's in the Walmart parking lot and he's been w- driving around looking for a spark parking space, looking for a parking space, and then... Um, he's like, God, you know, if only you'll give me a parking place, parking space, you know, I'll be at church and I'll start giving on a regular basis. And just at that exact moment, this guy pulls out and he says, never mind, God, I found one on my own. And so, you know, that's what happens so many times with us. You know, we make these deals with God and that's what Jacob, he's kind of making a deal with God. Um, but God does provide for him and uh and uh, so we need to think about that. And uh, But nowhere really before the law is there any kind of a one-tenth or God says, you know, you're supposed to give a tenth. But whenever we move to the law, everything changes. So before the law, it's free will. It's voluntary giving. It's a response to God's grace because God's been gracious to us. Then we're going to give back to Him and we're going to do it for His honor and His glory. But then under the law, the law was given to who? Moses. Okay, it was given to Moses for the who? For the Jews, for the nation of Israel um, at Mount Sinai. And under the law, there was a sacrificial system, you know, that had priests, it had sacrifices, there was a temple, all of those things. So under the law, there were two different types of giving. Under the law, there's free will giving, which are your offerings like we've already seen. But then there were also required giving, which are the tithes. Again, it is plural, not singular. Malachi 3.8, tithes and offerings. So why the tithe system was given was to support the sacrificial system. So there are three tithes that we see um, in the Word of God. So Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30. Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30. You want it read? Sure, you got it. Thus, all the tithes of the land... Of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. Okay, so first off we see um, the first tithe is there and it is the Lord's tithe and that is to support the priests. 
You think about the nation of Israel, there were how many tribes? Twelve. Twelve or thirteen? Twelve. Technically thirteen. Technically thirteen because of Ephraim and Manasseh. And so you have these tribes, but there's one tribe who didn't receive any land. Who was that? The Levites. And so because they didn't receive any land, they had no way to make money, um, to produce anything. And so what did God set in place to provide for them? Yeah, the the tithe system and the first tithe, the Lord's tithe, was to provide for the for the priests, for the Levites. And so they gave ten percent to support them. But that's not the only tithe. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter twelve. Deuteronomy chapter twelve. Now, I can't read it because it's too small. Uh, uh, six, twelve, six. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, you shall bring your burnt offerings, your sacrifice, your tithes contribution of your hand, your votive offerings, your free will offerings, and the firstborn of your herds and flocks. Um, and so there was a required tithe there, and that is known as the festival tithe. The festival tithe. And um, that was to support the temple itself. You know, whenever you have a temple, there's upkeep, all of that that goes along with it. And so um, that was for that, and then also to support the workers um, in the temple itself. And then there's another one found in Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 28. Hold on, festival tithe for the upkeep of the temple, temple. and for the workers um, that were that were in the temple that helped to keep it up. And then in Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 28, we see another tithe. At the end of every third year, you shall bring out of all the tithe of your produce in that year and shall deposit it in your town. Okay, and so this is the third tithe, and this is for the priests and or for the orphans and the widows. For the orphans and the widows. And so you had that to support um, that system um, for people because if there is a widow, there's widows, widows indeed, um, the widows indeed that have no uh, family, anyone to support them. And so um, there was a tithe to help to support the widows and the orphans. And that one was every third year. So you see that, you know, whenever people teach a tithe, that you're to tithe, you're to give 10%. In the Bible, it's not just 10%. It's 20% every year and 30% every third year. And so um, 
you know, that's not an act of worship. It, it's something that is required, or that was required at that point in time. It's just like paying your taxes, you know, say, oh yeah, you, you know, I'm just giving this to you as an act of worship to our country and everything. No, we do it because we're required to do it. And the same thing with the tithe. But they didn't just give tithes during that time. They also gave offerings. We saw that um, in that Deuteronomy chapter 12, that they didn't just bring the tithes. They also brought or, uh, offerings. And if you think about, you know, um, the widow in uh, Luke chapter 21, verses 1 through 4, you know, whenever the... The, all these rich people were bringing in all of their their money and you know blowing the horn look at me and as you know I give my money and then you know just the elderly lady goes and drops her two mites which is equal to about a cent and she puts it in there and um, that was an offering that wasn't you know a one-tenth she gave all that she had um, and so you know there was both free will giving, and tithes during the law. So, the required giving was to support the sacrificial system, the priests, the Levites that didn't have an inheritance, and the Lord was their inheritance. They received the tithes in order to live. The temple and the workers must be supported. So as long as there's a sacrificial system, then the tithes needed to be put in place. So we saw before the law, there was free will offerings. During the law, there was free will offerings and required giving. Um, and now we think about after the law. The question is, if before the law was free will offerings, then what after the law? Well, we go back to free will offerings. There's no longer a sacrificial system because Jesus Christ died and rose again, paying for our sin. He, is con he was the final sacrifice for sin forever. And so the sacrificial system, Christ is the final sacrifice for sin forever. He offered himself. And so there is no longer a temple. There is no longer... Um, because if you look at that Malachi, um, you know, where are you supposed to take your, your tithes and offering? You take them to the storehouse of the temple. And so the temple's no longer there. There's no longer that sacrificial system. So we're back to free, free will offerings. We give um, as, as we purpose in our heart. And we're going to talk about that here in just a minute. And we'll see all the specifics. So why do people have such a problem with giving? You know, we talked about all charitable giving is about 1.7%. And then um, in the church, actually, now it's at about 2.5%. And listen to this. I mean, this was kind of interesting. Um, the average weekly donation amount made per churchgoer is about $17. This figure adds up to about $73.67 per month or $884 each year, which is about 2.5% of their net income. And so, I mean, I thought that was just crazy to think about, um, you know, how little that people give and, you know, and they think about it. I... I you know, you think about giving and you think about a $100 bill. I'm not there yet, 
but you know I mean you see people and they give their kid a hundred dollars and you know their kids like okay go to the mall here's a hundred dollars and they're like you know dad a hundred dollars is not going to do anything at the mall and you know it's so little whenever you take it to a store whenever you go to a mall you're going to try to buy clothes anymore whenever you go to Walmart and try to buy food um, a hundred dollars doesn't go very go very far but you know somebody getting a hundred dollar bill out and putting it in the offering plate and you see them oh you know and they'll put that hundred dollar bill up there and like look at how big how much money I'm giving a hundred dollar bill is big when you place it in an offering plate to many people but it's very small whenever you take it to the store and you try to buy stuff and so, you know, it's again, it's the attitude of with which you use all that God has given to us. And so we just need to realize that the more people have, the less percentage they give. This is, this is kind of a crazy thing. Um, $15,000, a person that makes $15,000 gives about 5% uh, of their income. And you've heard people say, man, if only I had more money, I would give more. Well, there's a, the same study shows that people that make about $100,000 give about 1.5%. So that means the person that's making $15,000 a year, giving about 5%, that's $750. The person that's making $100,000 a year giving 1.5% away, that's $1,500. So he's got $85,000 more and gives $750 more than the person that's making $15,000. So if you don't give whenever you have little, then don't wait until you have much and think that you're going to start giving then. And that's why I think that it's so important to get these biblical truths into the younger people's minds and hearts early so that you make that percentage and you make $15,000 and let's say I'm going to give 5% out of that $15,000 and then all of a sudden I'm starting to make $30,000 then it's a lot easier to say okay with that extra $15,000 now not only do I get to give $750, but I get to give $1,500 now. And then now I'm making $60,000. And so now not only do I get to give $1,500, but I get to give $3,000. And it's so much easier to do it than to say, okay, well now I'm making $100,000 I haven't given all my life. And so now I need to give 5% of $100,000. You expect me to give $5,000 of my money away? And it's a much harder to do, but it's a lot easier if you start on that low end and you just continually keep that discipline up throughout your life. You'll be giving like no one else. And that's what one of the books that uh, you know was re recommended that generous giving or generous, what is it? Generous living through a lifetime of giving. Um, yeah, Ron Blue, generous living, finding contentment through giving. And, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's just amazing to, to think about that. And so 
Don't wait until you get older. Don't say, well, if I just get some more money, then I'll start giving. It's a lot harder to start giving whenever you've got a bunch if you haven't ever done it. So start where you are and move up from there. All right. Let's see where we are because I lost my place. I've turned away. Okay. So that study dealing with um, with giving more once you get get more. Ron Blue has an article and discusses why giving is such a low priority for most people and there's three reasons. Number one is they don't know they have the funds available. They don't know they have the funds available. Because so many people do what? They just take in, they spend, um, you know, put everything on a credit card. Whenever the money comes in, I'll pay whatever I can, whatever I can't, I can't, it's not any big deal. And so they don't have that spending plan. They don't ha know that they have the money to give. Number two is they don't know how to give. They've never understood biblical giving, the joys, the privileges of giving and seeing uh, God bless them in return. And then number three is they don't plan to give. They don't plan to give. Most are responders. You know, you go to some event, some activity, you go to church and, you know, people ask for giving and you're like, oh no, here comes the plate. You know, everybody else has got money out. I better, I better get some and throw it in there. And, you know, oh, I got a 20. I wish I had a 10, but okay, you know, here it is. And so we're responders. We don't plan in our giving. And so we're going to think about how are we to give um, here in just a minute. But realize the bottom line of giving is spiritual. Most do not understand the joy, the responsibility, and the privilege that have been given to them and the benefits of giving. So we understand two great truths. Number one is God owns it all. Everything belongs to God. And this is not, you know, my car. It's not, these are not my children. This is not my money. God has granted to us, given us the opportunity to make the money. God has given us the children as a, as a blessing. God has given us uh, the home that we have. And we're to use that to invite people in and, and to host people. Uh, and so all of those things, God owns everything. Psalm 24.1 says, The earth is the Lord's and all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. And so God owns everything. It all belongs to God. And then number two, we are in a process of growth. We are in a process of growth. Second Peter 3.18, we're to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Savior, Jesus Christ. So let's think about some specifics in giving. Number one is 2 uh, Peter 3.18. 2 Peter 3.18. So now let's see the specifics in giving. Number one is how. How do we give? The mechanics of it. We'll talk about that. Then number two is the motive. What's our motive to give? And then number three are the results of giving. So number one, let's begin with the mechanics, the how do we give, the mechanics. Free will offerings, there's no percentage. Second Corinthians 9-7, somebody read that. 
according um, to his purpose in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth the cheerful giver. Okay. So, how do we give? He says there, per, you purpose in your heart. You purpose in your heart. So you decide how you're going to give. You decide what you give. We're not under the law, so we don't have to give 10%. If the, under the law, you know, they were to give 20% every year and 30% every three years, under grace, what should we give? And the truth is, 10% is a, is a good starting point. Um, but I don't think that's the ending point of where we need to be. And But you purpose in your heart, you know, whether it's 2%, 5%, 10%, 20%, 50%, we'd love that too. Um, but whatever percentage it is that, that you decide to give, it's between you and God and you purpose in your heart um, what it is that you want to give. And so then he goes on to say not grudgingly. So... It's not a bad attitude. You know, you, you know, here it is. Here there comes the offering plate again. Or, you know, here's another ask for money. And so here I'm going to give it. You know, that's not the attitude that, that God wants us to have. And it's not of necessity. Not because you have to. We're not under a law system. So it's not out of necessity. We're not under the law. But God loves what? A cheerful giver. And the Greek word there is hilarious, and we get the word hilarious from it. So God loves a hilarious giver. He wants us to be joyful. He wants us to enjoy giving. And the truth is, if you do give, you do see the joy that comes from giving. And just like I said, I mean, and it's not just, you know, giving to the church whenever you give to other people. And, uh, you know, like I said, with that, with that Aspen um, aspect and just seeing those people and how happy they were, you know, to hear that their drink had been paid for and, you know, and just seeing the joy on their face. I mean, it brings joy to you. And, um, and so, you know, God loves a, a cheerful giver, a hilarious giver. And so that's what we want to do. And that's what he wants from us. And we get joy from giving. The more of God's grace, the more that God gives to you, the more that you can turn around and give to others. Free will offerings, our morning offering, you know, it's responding to God in grace. And so that's what we are to be doing. Um, rather than thinking that we have to give a certain amount, rather than putting people under a certain amount to give like so many people do that you know you've got a tithe you you have you given your tithe for this month and you're like yeah i did that ten dollar tithe you know um, but um you know where you're not doing it you're putting people under the law you're causing them to sin um because they they aren't doing what it is that you're telling them that the Bible tells them that they have to do. And whatever you see, you know, if you think, and it's fine to think that, you know, I'm going to give 10% and that's what it is for me. And, uh, and But if you don't do that and you've set that standard for yourself, then ultimately that is sin as well. I mean, it's like what James chapter um, three is talking about, you know, if, if you set that standard for yourself and you, and you cross that line, then it's sin to you. But we don't have to 
to set a, a percentage or set a standard for ourselves. Um, but I think it is a good idea to to decide and, and to purpose and to plan what it is that you're going to give. So moving on from there is B. Um, it is personal. It is planned and it's purposed. Personal, planned, and purposed. Personal, let each of you, each one must decide what to do with what God has given to him. And so we purpose it, we plan it. Or it's personal that each person does it and then it's planned. You purpose in your heart. It's not spur of the moment. You don't just decide, oh, here comes the offering plate. How much am I going to give? You know, you, you purpose. You think about it ahead of time and you plan out what it is that you're going to give. 1 Corinthians 16.2 deals with that. You know, on the first day of the week that we are to give out of our first fruits. Give whenever you get paid. If it's weekly, give weekly. If it's monthly, give monthly. If it's bi-monthly, give bi-monthly. You know, it should be the first thing that comes out, and that's what it is um, when you give out of the first fruits. Lay aside what God has given to you and just respond to God in, in His grace. So purposed, give first, give out of your first fruits. Proverbs 3, 9 says, Honor the Lord from your wealth from, and from the first of all your produce. So many of us say, well, you know, I'll give once I've taken care of everything else and I'll give whatever's left. But what usually ends up happening? Nothing's left. <laughs> Nothing's left. Or maybe you're in the hole. And so you say, well, maybe I need to get some out so I, I can pay a bill. Um, you know, and so that's not what we're to do. We're to give on the front end. And we'll talk more about it here in just a minute. Because whenever you give on the front end, what do you got to do? Plan, sacrifice, make decisions. Okay. You got to plan. You got to sacrifice. It's a sacrifice. You got to make decisions. And you ultimately have to do what? You have to trust God. Okay. That... All right, I've got hundred dollars. I'm going to give away ten, so I've got ninety dollars left. God, can I make it on this ninety dollars? You got to trust Him that you'll make it on the ninety dollars. And most of the time, whenever you give to Him, you'll make it better on the ninety dollars than you ever would have on the hundred dollars by being selfish and keeping it for yourself. And so we got to think about that. So next, let's think about our motive for giving. Our motive for giving. So we're not under the law. Giving is an offering. It's a response to God. And there's three aspects of responding to the grace of God. And we talk about this, I mean, pretty much every Sunday. Whoever's up there uh, praying or whenever we talk about giving, you know, we say there's three things. Does anybody remember what any of those three are? three things are? You give as an act of worship. worship. Worship, love, and trust. Worship, it's an act of worship. So we're responding to God. It's an act of love. And it's an act of trust. So, but he's got them in the order of love is first. So it's response to God's love for us and our love for each other. 
Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 8 and 9. Somebody can read that. I am not speaking this as a command, but as proving through the earnestness of others the sincerity of your love also. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, Yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. Did I read the right one? Yep. Okay. Yep. And so there's no commandment but showing love for others, showing love for God. The greatest example of giving was Jesus Christ. I mean, what did he do? He gave his all. He gave his life for you and me. First John 14, and this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and gave himself as an offering. For us, and so he gave his life for us. Matthew six twenty one. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So you begin to give, and your heart will follow. Giving brings you closer to God. That's what Jesus is teaching. You know, there in Matthew chapter six. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I got a great example. As I grew up, um, you know. We grew up and we had a boat um, in our family whenever I was young and all the way growing up. All the way through my life, um, growing up, you know, my brother would take the boat. He had offered me to go and everything. No, 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 I don't want to go. Don't care about the lake. Don't want to get in that dirty water. And um, so I'd rather be at the golf course. I'd rather be in a clean pool. But then we went... Whenever I got older in life, when I was married, we went to the lake with my brother and his wife, and uh, man, we had such a great time that we decided, man, we want a boat. We want to. We want to be able to do this, and so we went and bought a boat. Never cared about a boat before. Never cared about going to the lake. We bought this boat. Guess what? We went to the lake all the time, and so much that my wife called me the boat Nazi. I was like, if we're paying for this boat, we're going to put this boat in the water and we're going to use this boat. And so what happened? Where my treasure was, where my money was, what followed? My heart, my body, my time, everything that I had went to that lake. Before I owned a boat, didn't care about a boat, didn't care about going to the lake. Same is true with God. Whenever we start giving and, uh, you know, making him our priority in our lives, then guess what's going to follow? Man, I, ca- I care about it. I, w- I want to be at that church whenever the doors are open. I want to be serving in that church. I want to be helping others to grow so that they can be more like Christ, like I'm being more like Christ. Just like Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And it starts, you know, with with our giving. And, and like we said earlier, you know, that quote from Howard Hendricks from last week, you know, our spiritual maturity is best measured by our checkbook, not our church attendance or our Bible studies. You want to check how your spiritual health is, you look at your checkbook and see where are your priorities, where is your money going, because that's where your heart follows. Just like me with the boat, the same is true here. Um, if you give, you know, to the church, you give to God, then you draw closer to Him. So it's a good check of our spiritual health. 
So first, it's an act of love. Do we love God? Do we want to give um, to the things of God? Then B is, it's an act of worship. Act of worship. Philippians 4.18. Somebody want to look that up? Philippians 4.18. I've received full payment and even more. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering and acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God. Okay, so it's an act of worship. It's a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And so it's an act of worship. We're responding to God and um, through our giving. And so we say on Sunday mornings, you know, um, we give. giving is an act of worship. As we come together, we study the Word of God, we sing, we pray, we give. All of those things are acts of worship to God. And so that's what we're doing. We're responding to God. And, um, and so that's one of the aspects of or motives of us giving. And then C is trust. So we said love, worship, and trust. This is a way of God raising His children. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 10 and 11. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in everything for all liberality, which through us is producing thanksgiving to God. Okay, so we see there that we've got to trust God. Giving is not a way of raising money. He doesn't need it. It is God's way of raising His children. We trust God to provide for us. Like I said earlier, you know you got to trust God to, to provide on the amount that you have left after you've given to Him because you give to Him out of your first fruits, then you trust Him that you'll make it on the rest, that you don't have to wait and see what I've got left. God, I plan on giving you, you know, $100 this month, but let's see how this month goes. And if it's left at the end, then, you know, that's yours. No, you give it on the front end. God, this is yours. I'm trusting you that I can make it on what's left. And so that's what we have to do. So it's an act of worship. It's an act of love. It's an act of trust. Philippians 4.19, My God will supply all your needs according to His riches in glory in Christ Jesus. These people had given, and God and Paul is telling them, you know, that the Lord will provide for them. He'll provide for your needs. In 1 Timothy 6.17, Instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be considered conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. So don't trust in your wealth. We are to trust in God. And so our motives for giving are an act of love, worship, and trust. Then the results of giving. The final thing there, the results of giving. So what are the results? There will be blessing. This is not why you give. You give as an act of worship, love, and trust. 
but the results are that God will bless you. 2 Corinthians 9, 6, the more you give, then guess what? The more you're going to get. And that's not your motivation, but that's what many people do. You know, JB talks about the, the guy on, on TV. He says, you know, if, if you'll just uh, give me, send me $100, then God, He's going he's gonna to supply you tenfold. And so just send in your $100. JB says, well, why don't you just send me $100 and let God bless you with the tenfold? And so... Uh, you know the truth is that's not our motivation that's not why we do why we give is in order to get but the truth is if we do give God will bless us Galatians 6 7 you know sowing and reaping whatever you sow you're going to reap and so whenever we give God is going to give you more and the truth is sometimes you know God we give to God and then we see the blessing that he blesses us with you know, I gave $100 in the plate and then, man, lo and behold, I leave and I go to so-and-so and go to this place and all of a sudden, you know, somebody gives me $150 and I think, wow, man, look at that. I just gave $100 at church and now I got $150 back. Man, that's amazing. Now I've got $150. No, you got $150. Now let's go give out of that $150 um, or let's bless somebody else because I've been blessed and let's keep this blessing going. You know, and so just because God returns something to you, that doesn't mean, oh, well, now that's mine. No, it's a blessing that He blessed you with so that you can give even more. And so sometimes we don't take all of that into consideration. We just think, okay, uh, I made, you know, $1,000 a month. And so I'm going to give $150 away and then everything else, you know, I'm going to use for His honor and glory. But then I get this bonus or, you know, it's my birthday and I get this money. Well, you know, it's my birthday. You know, that, that shouldn't count. Um, and all of those things. But, you know, God blesses you in, in multiple ways, not just in the job and the financial income that you have from that job. And whenever he blesses you, he blesses you so you can give out of that as well. So first fruits is gross. Is that, uh, I, I said that kind of a joke, I know it really doesn't matter, but pre or post tax, obviously. Right? Yeah, I mean, I, again, it's, you know, as you purpose in your heart. So do you want to do it, you know, because whenever you make a budget, I mean, that's the way budgets are is you base your budget off of off of whatever you have coming in and then you give certain percentages to certain things and so you know most things are percentage based not dollar based and so um, you know and that's one of the things that some people do too this is kind of getting back off the subject let me remember that here in just a minute sorry um, but no I'm going back to you but I just thought of something another side note um, but you know, but that whether it's gross or whether it's net, you know, I mean, that's that's up to you as to what you want to give. Um, but don't, you know, don't lie about it like uh, Ananias and Sapphira. No, I'm just giving it, you know, all to you, God. And uh, how much did you sell that thing for? <laughs> um, but going back to that, too. Um, it sparked something in my mind because you know what I just said 
was, you know, God blesses you with something else. And so a lot of times, you know, people say, well, I'm going to give 10% of everything that I have coming in, you know, off of my salary. So I make $1,000, I'm going to give $100 away. But then God blesses me with, you know, say 150 or say $200 um, after I've given all my money, then I get this extra money from somewhere that I wasn't expecting of $200. And a lot of people say, well, I'm going to give 20% of that or 30% or even 50% because I wasn't even expecting to get this, but I got it and I know it's a blessing from God. And so I'm not just going to give 10% away. I'm going to give 20, 30, 50% of that extra that odd money that I wasn't even expecting to get because I wasn't expecting it and so why not be even more generous out of those kind of things and so that's another thing that some people do and everything and that I think is a is a good idea all right first Timothy six eighteen instruct those extract instruct them to do good to be rich in good works to be generous and to be ready to share so we do good we share we give to other people you know and so um, that's something you might make a line item in your budget for you know like I said earlier um, to, to just be generous to other people and, and just to do random act of acts of kindness um, going through a drive-through or purchasing somebody's meal um you know and you get no credit for it you know a lot of times um whenever we did that and everything it was somebody that we had no idea who they were nothing about them sometimes it would be somebody that we knew that was you know over in the corner or whatever and we'd do it but uh, most of the time it was just a random somebody that we didn't know but you know just wanted to bless him um Sometimes it was just a family that we saw. Okay, there's a family of four, and look how they started their meal. They started off with prayer. Then let's bless them. And, you know, and sometimes, you know, I'd tell the waitress, let them know that, you know, God's blessing them. We saw them praying, and we, wanna, we want them to be blessed, you know, for showing that and doing that as a family or whatever. And so, but they didn't know where it came from, but you know just to let them know that that's what we saw and the reason we did it all right and then going on to first timothy six nineteen, storing up for themselves treasures of a good foundation for the future that they may take hold of that which is life indeed so there are rewards and blessings uh, be careful many today make the motive for their giving the blessings but that is the result it is not the purpose that of giving or it's not the motivation of why we give so what have we seen we've started off and we looked at all those misconceptions dealing with biblical giving and then we saw biblical giving as it was as it is written in the word of god and we broke it down into three different aspects before the law under the law and after the law before the law was offerings during the law was both offerings and tithes plural or required giving and then after the law was offerings and then we said how do we give well we give out of free will now 
We do it planned. We plan, we make it on purpose. Then our motive for giving is an act of worship, love, and trust with the results of there will be blessing. There'll be blessing. God will bless you. And then also you'll feel the joy in your life because Jesus said it's more blessed to give than receive. And so the truth is, you know, whenever we're children, what do we do on Christmas Day? We're waiting to get those gifts. But as we grow up, as we mature, what happens? You can't wait to give those gifts to your, to your children to watch them open them up. And so, you know, as you grow, as you mature, you see that truth come to light. And it is true that it is more blessed to give than receive. Biblical giving is very important and there's so much of the Word of God that deals with it. So we need to take time to dig these passages. Proverbs 21.6 in the New Living Testament says, Some people are always greedy for more, but the godly love to give. The righteous give without sparing is another version of that same verse. And so that's what we're to do as godly people. We're to be giving Giving as we purpose in our heart as an act of worship, love, and trust. Watching God bless us in return. So some things to think about. Do you understand giving in the Bible? Do you understand giving in the Bible? Number two is know how to give in the New Testament. It's free will, regular, and planned giving. And then give with the proper motive. Worship, love, and trust. And know that God will provide and bless you whenever you give. And so we put, seek God first. He'll provide the needs. Whenever we give, Philippians 4.19, He'll provide whatever it is that we need. And so we have to trust Him in those aspects.